Hi Dara. <laughs> it's... It's me, Donica. Welcome to the podcast. A podcast where every week, and maybe even more frequently, I will read you things. This week, please enjoy Summer by Natalia Ginsburg. I was away from my children for a while. They'd gone to the seaside with my sister and my mother. I stayed in the city. My mother was angry at me because I wrote and showed myself nowhere often enough. I'd talk about work appointments, none of which existed. I lived in a small hotel whose caretaker reeked. The smell of her body and her dress had risen violently with the heat. I'd head to the office every day but I worked very little. I mostly went to the office to pretend I was a man. I was tired of being a woman. Everyone seems to enjoy entertaining, for a while, a role that isn't theirs. The role I played was that of a man. I'd sit at the filthy office table and eat an osteria, lazily hang out on the streets and in cafes with friends, and come home late at night. I'd surprise myself, thinking how different my life had once been, when I cradled my children, and I cooked, and I washed, and there's always so many ways to live, and each of us can make a new being of ourselves, at times even enemies of each other. Then I got bored of that new role I was playing too. I'd be living the same life without any of the pleasure in it, but I wouldn't go to my mother's at the seaside. I wanted to be away from the kids, to be alone. I thought I couldn't show myself to them as I was at that moment, with that loathing in my heart. I felt like I'd loathe them too if I ended up seeing them. I often thought it was like elephants and how they hide away to die. They hide to die. They spend a long time in the jungle looking for a secluded spot full of trees to hide the shame of their big, tired body dying. It was summer. Summer was hot, blazing in the big city, and whenever I cycled on the tarmac under the trees, my heart was choked by a feeling of loathing and love towards every road, every house of that city. And several memories were born of different natures, burning like the sun as I fled, ringing my bell. Giovanna was waiting for me in a cafe. When I left the office in the evening, and I'd sit next to her at the table, I'd show her my mother's letters. She knew I wanted to die. That's why we no longer had that much more to say to each other. But we still sat one opposite the other, smoking, blowing away the smoke through closed lips. I wanted to die because of a man, but also because of so many other things because I owed my mother money, and because the caretaker stank, and because summer was hot, blazing, in a city full of memories and roads, and because I thought that I could be of no use to anyone in that state. So my children, just as they had lost their father one day, 
would also lose their mother, but it didn't matter, because the loathing and shame assault us at a certain moment in life. And no one has the power to help us when they do. It was a Sunday afternoon, and I had bought some sleeping pills from a pharmacy. I walked all day in the empty city, thinking about me and my children. Bit by bit, I was losing awareness of the young age. The timbre of their young voices had died in me. I told them everything, about the pills and the elephants, of the caretaker and what they should do when they grew up, how to defend themselves from what would happen. But then I suddenly saw them as I had last seen them, on the floor, playing with bowling pins. And the echo of those thoughts and words resounded in the silence. I was stunned by seeing how alone I was, alone and free in the empty city, with the power to harm myself as much as I desired. I went home and took the pills. I dissolved all of their contents in a glass of water. I could not figure out if I wanted to sleep for a very long time or die. The caretaker came the following morning. She found me asleep and after a while went to call for a doctor. I stayed in bed for a week and Giovanna would come every day and she'd bring me oranges and ice. I'd tell her that those who have a loathing growing in their hearts should not be alive, and she'd smoke in silence and watch me, blowing away the smoke through closed lips. Other friends would come too, and everyone gave me a piece of their mind. Everyone wanted to teach me what I had to do now, but I'd reply that those who have a loathing growing in their heart should not be alive. Giovanna told me to leave the small hotel and move in with her for a while. She lived alone with a Danish girl who walked around the place barefoot. I didn't feel like dying now, but I didn't feel like living either. And I lazily hung out at the office or in the streets with friends, people who wanted to teach me how to save myself. In the mornings, Giovanna would slip on a prune-colored toweling robe, brush the hair away from her forehead and wave at me with disdain. In the mornings, the Danish girl would walk barefoot into the bedroom and start writing all the dreams she'd had the previous night on a typewriter. One night, she dreamt that she picked up an axe and killed her mother and father. But she really loved her mother and father. They were waiting for her in Copenhagen, but she didn't want to move back because she said we all need to live away from our roots. She'd read out loud to us her mother's letters. Giovanna's mother had died, and she had arrived too late to see her die. I'd say that a mother is only needed by children when they're small, to feed them and cradle them. But then she's pointless, and it's pointless to talk to her. You can't even tell her the simplest of things, and so what can she do to help? She becomes a burden, with that silence that is born out of trying to talk to each other. I'd say that my children no longer needed me because they no longer needed to be fed and cradled. Kids with dirty knees and patches on their shorts. And they weren't old enough to be able to talk to each other either. But Giovanna would say that there's only one good way to live. And it's to get on a train headed to some foreign country, possibly at night. She had everything she needed for a trip at home. She had several thermos holders and many suitcases of all sorts and even a sick bag for the plane. The Danish girl would tell me to write down my dreams because our dreams tell us what we're meant to do 
and she'd tell me I should think back to my childhood and talk about it, because the secret of who we are is hidden in our childhood. But my childhood felt so remote and distant. So remote was the face of my mother, and I was tired of all this thinking about myself. I wanted to look at others and understand what I was like. So I started watching people as I lazily hung out in cafes and on the streets. Men and women with their children. Maybe some of them once had that loathing in their heart, then time had passed and they'd forgotten. Maybe someone had waited pointlessly on the corner of a street once, or someone had walked for a whole day in the silence of the dusty city, or someone looked at a dead person's face and asked them for forgiveness. One day I got a letter from my mother, telling me that the kids had scarlet fever, and so the ancient motherly anxiety paralyzed my heart. I took the train and left. Giovanna came with me to the station, and she smelled the smell of trains with desire, brushing the hair away from her forehead with her disdainful smile. With my forehead stuck to the glass, I watched the city move further away, empty of any evil power by now, cold and harmless as spent embers. The ancient, known motherly anxiety was turmoiling inside me, along with the thundering of the train, crushing like a storm the Danish girl, Giovanna, the small hotel's caretaker, the sleeping pills and the elephants, as I wandered bemusedly to myself, how I could have been so interested in such trivial things for a whole summer. <laughs>